This is Dawn Schuler, Certified Trainer and Business Consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. Today, I want to talk about having the hard conversations. The reason we call them hard conversations is because they are hard to have. We don't want to have them. And so many of us avoid those conversations. We say things like, I hate conflict, or I avoid conflict at all cost. And that is really true. The fact that there is a cost. First, let's talk about what some of those hard conversations might be about. You're not doing enough. I'm upset by fill in the blank. I don't like what you're doing. I don't like how you're treating me. What you're doing is offensive to others. No, usually in response to a request. And of course, probably one of the hardest conversations to have in the workplace anyway, is you're fired or we're letting you go. Most of those topics didn't sound pleasant, did they? Hence, we avoid the hard conversations. We stuff the feelings we have around them, which makes it worse. I use the analogy of trying to hold a beach ball under the pool water. So if you can imagine that, you're in a swimming pool, You have one of those cheap, thin, plastic, inflated beach balls, and you're trying to push it and submerge it under the water. Of course, what happens? It doesn't just resist being submerged. Eventually, if you let it go, it will explode out of the water. Now, that's a fun game to play in the pool but not so fun a game with one's emotions. That is what happens when we try to push down our feelings, either logically, well, that doesn't make sense, or I know it doesn't seem to make sense that I'm feeling this way, or it will all get better, or I know they didn't mean it, or I know they don't know any better. Our feelings are just as valid as the logicking out of something that's going on. But when we try to resist them, submerge them, so to speak, they will burst out and explode out of us in a way that's much worse than if we had just acknowledged and dealt with them. So that's one way we avoid those conversations. Just stuff the feelings, ignore the feelings, try to pretend that they don't exist. Or we hope things will get better, magically, right? Because we really don't want to say anything. And so we continue not to say anything. And somehow things don't get better. 
let's go back and look at some of those topics that I mentioned. You're not doing enough. What you're doing isn't good enough. What you are doing is actually offending other people. As I said before, none of those sound like fun conversations to have. But have them, sometimes we must. I talked about the emotions. That doesn't mean when you have these hard conversations, you come from this emotional place. It means you, first of all, acknowledge whatever it is you're feeling, whether it is I'm upset that you are behaving in this manner, or I'm feeling fear and anxiety over this situation, and especially over the specter of potentially having a conversation with this person. Those are the emotions I'm talking about. When you do actually have the conversation, though, come from a place of co-creation and collaboration. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? Move things forward, co-create, collaborate, make things better, make things easier, do the best job that we can. If we can come at a conversation with those as the foundation, you're setting up that hard conversation for as much success as possible. It's the purpose-outcome-method model I've talked about before. What's the purpose of this conversation? Well, it is to get the person to stop doing a certain behavior or to improve certain performances or to leave the organization. What's the desired outcome? That the employee performs better, stops doing that particular behavior that isn't working or is offensive to others, or leaves the organization. And then, what are the methods we need to employ in order to come to that desired outcome? Here's the thing. With hard conversations, the desired outcome is never to make someone feel as horrible as possible. That's never our outcome. Well, that's never the desired outcome, let's say. But I think... One of the reasons we avoid those hard conversations is because somehow we've wired it up that if we're having those hard conversations, that it's going to be perceived that what we're trying to achieve is to make the person feel bad, feel horrible, feel less than, feel not wanted. Now, in the case of the employee being let go, it's hard to argue with the fact that that employee is not wanted. And that's why we use language like not a good fit, whatever it might be. So you have that conversation from that place of a strong foundation, moving things forward in a positive manner. 
The other thing I want to talk about is the fact that sometimes those hard conversations are because our standards or an organization's standards are being compromised or our personal boundaries or personnel boundaries, that's why we have employee manuals, are being breached. And that's why sometimes we need to have those hard conversations. If I have a standard that I will be treated with respect and someone consistently raises their voice, in essence, yelling at me, it is my job to uphold my standard. One could argue that that's not acceptable behavior in any realm. True. But we can't sit there on our high and mighty throne saying, well, that's unacceptable behavior and they should know that, therefore they should stop it and I shouldn't have to say anything. No, you do. It is no one else's job but yours to uphold your standards and boundaries. I remember a client years ago being upset that her clients would text her at 11 o'clock midnight at night. They'd text her on the weekends. And she hated that, honestly. And I tried to coach her around having the conversations with them, that she wasn't available 24-7. They weren't paying her to be available 24-7. Get a different cell phone with a different cell phone number. Give them that one or however to manage it. Turn off the one that they had and not look at it until the next business day. She couldn't handle it. One weekend was all it took and one client at least to be unhappy because we do train people how to treat us, that she went back to her old system. We cannot expect other people to uphold our standards and boundaries if we are not willing to do it ourselves. So think about some of the standards that you might have. Some people say, I will not work on the weekends. Well, then what are you doing? Returning an email Saturday at 3 p.m. If your standard is you don't do that, then don't do it. And if other people ask you to, in essence, violate your own standard or boundary, it's up to you to say no. And actually not to be upset by that. This client knows I don't work on Fridays. How dare he send me an email? Well, don't answer it. <laughs> to me, that's really easy. If you don't work on Fridays and all your clients and team members know you don't work on Fridays, then don't work on Fridays. Meaning if you're checking your email on a Friday and you're going to resent the fact that somebody sent you an email, that's on you. That's not on them. It's not up to them to uphold our standards and boundaries. They have their own they should be upholding for themselves not their job to uphold ours. 
So to finish out this idea of having the hard conversations, when we do end up having those conversations, we'll probably notice two things. One, we realize we've waited too long. That we should have had that conversation much earlier. In some cases, sometimes these conversations are years overdue. The second thing we will realize is that things get resolved one way or another after having that conversation. And the pain that you experience in the moment having that conversation with the other person usually lasts no more than about 36 hours. And then that realization of, I shouldn't have waited so long. Because things will get resolved. Now, it doesn't mean that everything will be hunky-dory and there might not be some discomfort or a little bit of unease between you and the other person for a little while. But as you continue to uphold your standards and boundaries and you hold people to expectations, especially in terms of their roles, their responsibilities, their positions, then you will start to see improvement in whatever the issue was that caused you to have the hard conversation. I hope you've found this helpful. I would love to hear some of your experience of having hard conversations. What were they about? How did they get resolved? What did you learn? Feel free to leave a comment over on the post at www.theshulergroupllc.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may you thrive. 